Well, amen. And go ahead and be opening your Bibles to Luke chapter 2 as we're going to read this uh, Christmas story together. And uh, I hate using the term story because, you know, oftentimes, you know, growing up, when people talked about telling a story, you're not telling the truth. You're telling something made up uh, and everything. And this is not made up. This is the truth. Uh, so the Christmas truth, uh, the Christmas reality, that first Christmas, uh, which is shared with us here in, in Luke chapter 2, and we'll begin reading in verse 1. <clears throat> it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people. That's us, okay? For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it mar marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. You know, over the last couple of weeks, we've looked at different passages of Scripture that have pointed to this day that have pointed to the truth that he's coming. And that's what we've been talking about is he's coming. He's coming. We looked at the prophecies of Isaiah and Micah and Daniel and even that not only what they had to say or what the Holy Spirit said through them, but what God himself said after Adam and Eve had sinned. The father said, yes, this sin is, is, is bad. It is a very serious thing and suffering and death will come because of this. But I want you to know at the very beginning, it's going to be okay. He's coming. He's coming. 
And then we looked at last week at Zechariah and, and how the angel appeared unto him and how and told him that Elizabeth, his wife, was going to, to have a son. And that, that when that son came, he's the one that would come and prepare the way and prepare the hearts of those uh, that were living at that time. And what he was saying is that he's coming. He's coming. It's real close. And then Mary, the angel appeared unto Mary and told her that she was going to have a, a child placed in her womb by the Holy Spirit. And the angel was telling her and she began to understand he really is coming. He's coming. And then even Joseph, when he was, uh, didn't understand what was going on and thought he was going to have to, to divorce Mary privately there, the angel appeared to him and said, it's okay, this child that's in her womb was placed there by the Holy Spirit. You need to take care of her and you need to take care of this baby. I want you to know he's coming and it's very close. This is him. This is Emmanuel. This is Jesus, the Savior of the world. He is coming. He is coming. And then we just read here in Luke chapter 2 how Mary gave birth to the Christ child. And that very night there that, that she gave birth, there was no one else around. There was no one there to, to, to witness this. There wasn't a, a, a great scene. There wasn't news reporters there covering it or anything like that. It's just Mary and Joseph probably. And, 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 and there she gave birth to the baby and I'm sure the angels up in heaven, they had been telling people and telling people, he's coming, he's coming. And then when he was here, they said, we got to let them know. <laughs> we got to tell somebody. They don't know. We got to tell somebody. And so they, they found those shepherds in the field and they appeared unto them and they said, glory, <laughs> glory, hallelujah. You need to know he is here. He's here. Can I hear a Glory. There you go. That's, that, that, that's the glorious thing. You know, in that word glory, I think that describes everything about Christmas, everything about this, this first Christmas and who it is that came and, and why it came. Matter of fact, the word glory is used or, or glorify or glory is used here in this passage uh, three different times here talking about the fact that the one that is here, he is the glorious one. Glory in the, in the Hebrew language means fullness. It means, it means heaviness. It means to be overflowing and full, to be completely full. And that's who God is. You see, God is the fullness of everything that there needs to be. He is the full, full holiness. He is full glory. He is full love. He is full justice. He is full righteousness. He is full mercy. He is full grace. Everything you need to know about these things, that's who he is. He is full of glory. He's the glorious one. And then the, the Greek word, the New Testament word that is translated glory here has the idea of a full brightness. And it's the idea of something being so bright, it's blinding, so full of light, so full of purity that you can hardly stand. You can't even stand to, to look at it. And that's, that's how great he is. That's how high he is. That's how other than this, this is the Christ of glory. He is the glory of Christmas. And that's the message. That's what we need to understand. That's what we need to be reminded of this morning. Is this, that Jesus is the king of glory. He is the king of glory. I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about. He's here. Who's here? The king of glory is here. 
The glorious one. What do we mean by king of glory? What we mean by that is that he's the one that occupies the highest throne. That's him. He is, he's not just higher. He's the highest. Matter of fact, the angels there in verse 14, when they, they appeared there and they told him that the, the Savior was there, that Christ the Lord was there, they said, glory to God in the highest. That's, that's who he is. He is the one that is at the very highest. There is no one above him. There is no one that reaches him. He is all powers bow before him. All of, of all authority, he's the highest. Of all holiness, he's the highest. Of all love and grace, he's the highest. And there's none that exceed him. He is God. Jesus is God. He's God in the flesh. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Colossians 2.9 says that the, uh, of Jesus that the fullness of deity, the fullness, the glory of deity dwells in him because he is God and there is none higher than him. He's the highest. He occupies the highest throne and I tell you what, that really makes him the highest. It's not just that he occupies the highest throne, but the one that occupies the highest throne gives the highest grace. That's what makes him glorious. That's the glory of Jesus. Because not only did they say glory to God in the highest in verse 14, but let me remind you what they said back in verse 10. When they, when they first began to speak, the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Could have said highest joy of great joy that will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. He's here. He's here. Who's here? The Savior is here. That's why he came. He came off of the highest throne to come to us, to be born in this manger, to be our Savior. He came to save us. He came to deliver us. He came to set us free. He came to set us free from the, the punishment of our sin, the penalty of our sin. He came to set us free from the bondage of sin, to not only break the chains, but to open the prison doors, to let us walk out in freedom and in fellowship and in intimacy and come to his house and be a part of his family. He's the Savior. And there's none like him. I mean, this is unheard of. As far as religion goes, and by the way, Christianity is not religion, it's relationship. But as far as religion goes, there is none that have this message because there is no God like this. The other gods don't even exist for one thing. And if they did exist and they were real, then he would still be the highest. Because of his grace. The one who is perfect in everything. The one whose brightness and purity and holiness, you cannot even stand to be in his presence. That one came and took on a human form to save us. To redeem us. His glory is his grace. That's good news. And that ought to bring within us today great joy. Great joy highest joy that has lived out not just Christmas day, but every day, every day. And because Jesus is the king of glory, we must give him glory. We must give Jesus glory. We see examples of this even in the moment that he came. 
the angel showed up and said, we got to give him glory. <laughs> we got to glorify him. And so the angels gave him glory through worship. Through worship. They showed up and they worshiped the king of glory. They worshiped the Jesus of glory. They worshiped the one who was coming to save his people from their sin. They worshiped him. Verse 13 says, suddenly there was an angel, uh, uh, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. They were praising God. Praise is appropriate for the one that's on the highest throne and praise is very appropriate for the one who shows the highest grace. Matter of fact, this word for praise that is translated praise here, it is only used in the New Testament and it's only used of God. What does that tell us? What it means is that when we praise God, praising God is different than the praise of man. It's not just that we need to redirect our praise from the things of this earth and the praise of man and the praise of great football coaches and entertainers and politicians and we need to turn it toward God. No, we need to give him a different kind of praise. <laughs> we need to give him praise that is higher than any other praise that we give. We need to give him sold out praise. We need to give him complete praise. We need to give him all our attention and the praise of worship and the praise of service. Our praise is to be different. It ought to be glorified praise. And what I mean by that is that it ought to be full praise. If he is the fullness of, of deity and the fullness of, of holiness and the fullness of righteousness and the fullness of grace and mercy and love, then we ought to give him full praise everything that we have every bit that we can and we ought to train ourselves so that we can give him even more praise more praise to him full praise to the full God that's what he deserves see these angels knew who he was they'd been around him in heaven they knew who the son was and they said these people don't know we need to go tell them we need to go tell them Glory, glory, hallelujah, that's who he is. Do you know who he is? Do you really know who he is? Now we, we have the song at Christmas, Mary, did you know? She knew. But the question is, do we know? Do we really know him? The angels gave him glory through their worship. And then the angels gave him glory. I mean, the shepherds gave him glory through their witness. The shepherds worshiped too. But they took it a step beyond just personal worship. And it fleshed out in personal witness. We read in verse 17. It says, now when they, and the they is the shepherds. The shepherds had seen him. They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. They made it widely known. They couldn't help but talk about it. They had to talk about this, this child. And then it says in, in verse 20, it says, Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. So they're worshiping, but they're also talking about for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. They were talking about it as well. They were giving witness of, of what they had heard. They had heard that, that he was the... the 
the God with us, that he was the, the Savior. I'm sure a, a Joseph told him, said, this is Emmanuel. This is God with us. The angels told him it was a Savior. It was Christ the Lord. It was the Messiah, the anointed one that was there. They heard the angels giving him glory, that this was the God of glory that was there. So they knew all these things. And so they had to tell somebody about that, about what they had heard. Understand this, though. This is where we got our, our worship and our witness is not just about him being the king. He is the king. He is the highest king. But this is, this is something that just kind of dawned on me and, and reflecting back on me personally. I, I think this is, I know this is true of my witness and I, maybe it's true of all our witness that our witness isn't about him being king as much as the king being the savior. You understand that? You see, you can know all the facts about him being the king. You can be focused on all the facts about him being king and know all those facts and know all of those truths. But it's not just about knowing the truth. It is knowing this truth that the king is my savior. I got to tell somebody about that. You see, when we think, when we know just the facts about the king, that can lead to pride and arrogance. And we'll tell people about that to let them know how much more we know than they know about the king. But we don't need to know about the king. We need to know that the king is our savior. And when the king is your savior, you can't keep quiet about that. That brings great joy that cannot be silenced. And you got to tell everybody that Christmas has come to me. The Christ has come to me. He's not only is he here that he came to this earth, but he's here. He saved me. He redeemed me. That is our witness. That is our witness. What they heard, what they, what they saw there. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here was not just the message to these shepherds and to Mary and to Joseph and to Zechariah and Elizabeth and John and to the wise men who would follow later on. And, and as Jesus began his earthly ministry to those that it wasn't just the fact that he was here 2,000 years ago. But the reality is, is that he is God with us. And he's here now. And it is time for the people of God to give him full praise and full witness to testify to the world that he's here and he can be here in you. That's the point of Christmas. We mentioned it early in the, the reading that I, I read. We've heard it in the songs that we have sung and now the word of God has spoken it into our hearts. What will we do with that? Emmanuel, God with us, is here now. And let me just encourage you. We're fixing to sing a closing hymn. Oh, come all you faithful. Oh, come let us adore him. But as we sing this, I'm going to be down front just to, to talk to you. And let me, 
the, the purpose of your being here is not just to come to make your family happy. It's not just to come to sing a few hymns and to hear a word and to kind of get, get a little guilt off of you. I want you to know God came to do more than just take a little guilt off of you. He came to redeem you. He came to rescue you. He came to set you free from that sin. And I don't know. I know we've got family visiting here. I know we've got church members here. I know we've got maybe some others in the community that have just come. But let me tell you this. If you need Jesus today, he's here and he's ready to save you. And you won't have any trouble ever remembering the day God saved you if it's on Christmas Day. He's ready to save. He's ready to free. He's ready to be worshiped and to be praised. He's here. This is Doug Ferris, and I'm blessed to be the pastor here at Underwood Baptist Church. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. It's our prayer that you'll do more than listen to the sermon or gather religious information. We want you to encounter God, and we pray that he will impact your life. If you'd like to contact us for any reason, please go to our website at underwoodbaptist.org. All our contact information is there, and we look forward to hearing from you. I hope you are blessed by today's message.